Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Elder Bazaar. This is Elder Bazaar calling all, calling all souls, calling all souls, calling all sinners, calling all backsliders, calling all those that resist the love of God. Jesus Christ is on his way back. He's coming back with power and the great glory. He's coming back to get a church. This is Elder Bazaar reading to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the one that is, the one that was, and the one that is to come, the almighty, the everlasting Father. We realize that Revelation says in the first chapter 1 and 7 says, Behold, 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 he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. We know this is Easter Sunday. This is Resurrection Day. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross came back from the dead, first time ever a man, God-man, came back from the dead after he had been hung on a tree, buried in the grave, and came back on the third day morning. This is out of bizarre. I'm happy today. I was happy yesterday, and I'm going to rejoice. The God of my salvation is what Christ done for me, not only for me, but for the whole round world. John 3.16, John 3.16, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. I want to let you know the big question it is today that people are asking, if God is all-powerful, God is almighty, God is all-love, God is all-merciful, and God is all-free will. Free will to choose in whom you can serve. God is a God of free will. He gives man a choice. He gives man a choice to choose whom he's going to serve. He gives man the choice to serve Satan. A man can serve God. And guess what's happening? What's happening today? Man is choosing to serve Satan. Why is the world going to crumbles? Why is the world going to hell in a handbasket? Why won't people turn to God? I know people are getting saved, I know, but on the minority side. But why is the world in such a mess, messed up to the rock bottom? It is so messed up, I don't understand, is this. How much longer will we have to stay on this earth in the situation that it is? Well, I can tell you right now, it ain't going to be long. Don't you know one of these days, one of these days, very, 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 very soon, Jesus Christ is going to do the rapture. God is going to do it. I don't know what hour. I don't know what day, I don't know what year, but let me tell you right now, it is closer than the, whoo, the blood running through your vein. It is closer than the skin of your body. It is closer than the marrow in your bone. Why? Because the Bible said, this is what the Bible said, not what I say. I ain't got nothing to say unless it comes from the Word of God, and the Word of God is being fulfilled every day, every hour, every second, every minute, every year. The 
Bible is being fulfilled. It's being fulfilled from the book of Genesis all the way over to the book of Revelation. And now we're living at the edge of the church age, right at the edge of the church age. The church age is almost over. Jesus said, up on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against. What kind of church is he building? He's building a sanctified church. Those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, those that have repented of the sins, those that are crying out to God to have mercy on my soul, those that believe that the burial, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they believe that Christ died for their sin, and they have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord, and they're working while it is day, for when night comes, no man can work it. It's going to be a sanctified church. Sanctified means set apart from sin, separated from sin, death, hell, and the grave. We are definitely living in the last days. In the book of 24th chapter of St. Matthew, we're just going to read a few verses of it and see what what will be the signs of the end of what? end of the age, end of the church age. In the 24th chapter of St. Matthew, Jesus Christ sat on the top of the Mount of Olives and told the disciples that what? Come into him privately, asking him, tell us. Tell us, Lord. Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign? Ah, look at here. Look at here. What shall be the sign of your coming, which means what are going to be the signs before you come back? Give us a sign. Give us a sign that we can prepare ourselves. Give us a sign that we know that we are living in the last days. And Jesus said, and you, what shall be the sign of your sudden coming? Jesus answered and said to him, Take heed, let no man deceive you. From 33 A.D. until 2023, it has been 2,000 years since Jesus Christ came to this earth. First time he came, he come to die. Oh, did he die. Oh, did they slaughter him? Oh, did they whip him? Oh, did they mark him? Oh, did they nail him to the Calvary's cross? Oh, did he die? He dropped his head between the locks of his shoulder, and when he died, he went into the pits of hell and preached to those in prison. He stayed down there three days and three nights, and on the third day, he got up this Sunday morning, 2,000 years ago, and it's been fulfilled. 2,000 years ago, and since it's been fulfilled 2,000 years ago, he said, just before I come back the second time, when I come back the second time, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to remove the church out of the way. I'm not going to move the, just the Baptist church or Presbyterian church or the Catholic church. That The name of the church does not mean that's the church. The church that Jesus Christ is going to come back for are the ones that have been washed 
saturated in his blood, those that have been filled with the Holy Ghost, those that have repented from their sins and from their wrongdoing and from their lying and from their whoremongering and from the fornication and from their, their lying and from their killing and murdering and hatred, repented of their hatred, repented of their sins, and confessed the Lord Jesus Christ with their mouth and believed with their heart that God has raised him from the dead by the power of God. How did, how did Christ be raised? He was raised by God. God himself raised himself. Oh, look at here. Where is himself what? He was in Christ. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory, and now he's coming back out of glory to do what? To remove his body. His body has to be removed before the Antichrist is come. Let's bow our heads, and we're going to come back right, right away with the message. Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We ask you, Father, that you would use my lips of clay and sanctify my lips, my heart, my mind, and my soul, that I may preach your word and warn those that want to be warned, warn those that they have a choice. They have a choice. They have a choice. Either you serve Satan or either you serve God. And the only way you can serve God is through his son. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's now or it might be, might be never. In other words, you have we realize that we have an opportunity to accept you now, and we ask you right, that those that listen to me now, that they will take heed to the word of God, not to Brother Bazaar, my God, not to some, some quack preacher, not to somebody that said they think or they know, but I'm talking about from the spirit of God through the word of God, because the word of God is the only thing that I have to preach from, and in the name of Jesus, that it be pro- preached, right? now in Jesus name let the church say amen Jesus Christ the son of the living God is on his way back and here are oh man it's, it's all kind of signs and I'm going to name some of these signs in the book of the 24th chapter of Matthew and Jesus answered and said unto him take heed that no man deceive you for many 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 shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. There are many people, many people coming in the name of Jesus Christ, saying that they are Christ, and they shall deceive many. The world has been deceived by the devil because the devil is a deceiver. The devil is a liar. The devil is a backbiter. The devil is a whoremonger. The devil is a homosexual. The devil is everything that he's making people out of, and people are accepting it that it is God's way that you be like that. But it's not God's way that you be like the devil. Christ said, come unto me, come unto me, and I will make you a fishes of men. Come unto me. And I'll make you in the image of me, that you can live like me, walk like me, talk like me, and love like me, that you can win souls to Christ through the cross, only the cross, no other name where men can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. No other name is higher than the name of Jesus Christ. And here Jesus Christ said, before I come back, there's going to be a lot of false prophets. There's going to be a lot of false prophets. They're going to be prophets that seem like they're telling the truth, seem like they're preaching God's word, 
But if they are not preaching God's word, they're preaching hearsay. They're preaching damnable doctrines. They're preaching everything but the blood, shed blood of Jesus Christ that he died on Calvary's cross. But let me tell you now, there's many false prophets roaming the face of the earth right now claiming that they are Christ. And what you saying? What you saying, preacher? They're saying that they're Jesus Christ. They're saying that they're God Almighty. They're saying that they are a chosen of God and sent by God. And they're not sent by God. They're sent by what? Satanic powers. The God of this world, the God of this age, the God of this hour, the God of this day is Satan. Satan is roaring like a lion, seeking who he may devour. And God is telling Lucifer, he's telling the world, he's telling the church members, he's telling the preachers, time is short, the day is far spent. Listen to me, listen to me. There are false prophets today roaming the earth, and they're t- telling people that Jesus, that they're Jesus Christ, and they got power to heal people. They got power to tell prophecy. But anything that's outside of the Bible that they call prophecy, don't you believe it? But here's Jesus Christ telling us what, exactly what's going to happen. So we got false prophets. We got false men. We got false women that's preaching the gospel, saying that they are God sent, and they are not God sent. Because number one, if they God sent, come from the Word of God, preach the Word of God in season, out of season, walk the life, live the life, talk the life, tell somebody about the love of Jesus Christ. Don't tell everybody that you got to have money to serve the Lord. Oh, and I want to be rich, and I want to have a big house, and I want to have a whole lot of materialistic things. Jesus Christ didn't teach you a, a whole lot of materialistic thing. He said, seek ye, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then I will add all that you need, not what you want. There's a lot of people want stuff, but they don't need stuff. But they need Jesus Christ, and they don't want Jesus Christ. You know why? Because when Jesus Christ came, he didn't come to seek and say that was righteous. He come to seek those that are lost, and those that are lost need Jesus. Those that, those that are rich need Jesus. The, the white, the black, the yellow, the green, ooh, the ugly, the pretty, everybody needs Jesus Christ. Everybody got to have Jesus Christ before they get to heaven. And the only way you can get to heaven is you've got to come by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can get to the Father but by me. If any man find another way or try to find another way, he's worse than a thief and a robber. And you know no thieves, no robbers will ever enter the kingdom of God. And so what we got? False prophets. We got lying prophets. We got all kinds of men that call themselves preaching the gospel. We got men like Benny Hinn. We got men like T. Jakes. We got men like Clefbo Dollar. We got men like like these men that call themselves men of God. We got Joel Osteen, Paula White. We got all kinds of people jumping up and down, talking about this is the way, this is the way. No, what is the way? Jesus Christ said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man can get to the Father but by me. We got people going around here talking about they Christians and, and they, they love one another, but they living like the devil behind the back. They doing everything, they doing everything, saying anything, going anywhere, doing all kind of wickedness, and then come out talking about they know Christianity. Well, they don't know Christianity because Christianity is not a religion. Woo! Uh, Christianity is not a seance. Christianity is having a divine relationship with Jesus Christ. And the only way you can have a, a, a relation with Jesus Christ is through believing that who he is. Well, who is he? He's God in the flesh. He's manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit. And what? He's coming back again to get a church without a spot or a wrinkle. Listen to what he said. He said, many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. There's only one Jesus. There's only one Savior. There's only one way to get to heaven. There's one, 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 one way. Don't think that because you go to church that you're going to heaven because you can't go to heaven just by going to church. You've got to come to Calvary. You got to come to the nail scarred hands. You got to humble yourself. You got to repent of your sin. Because if you haven't repented, you're going to likewise perish. Except the man repent, he shall likewise perish. And repentance is mean that you are broken up with a contrite spirit. You are sorry for the sins and the way, the dirty things you done done. You are sorry for it, and you fall down at the foot of Jesus Christ and tell Him, Lord, I am sorry for what I am, what I done done, and what I'm thinking about doing and I want you to come into my life and I'm willing enough to turn from my sins and let you convict me of my sins. There's conviction of sin that you know you're a sinner. You know you're a backslider. And we, oh, let me, let me correct that. We know that a backslider is a saved person that is not having fellowship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he done had a relationship, and that relationship through faith cannot be broken. When a man comes to Jesus Christ, that man, that woman, that boy, that girl belongs to Jesus Christ forever because Jesus told us, amen, in John, he says, no man, no man, no power in heaven can pluck you out of my father's hand. So we know that a backslider is not lost. What's lost is a sinner and a hypocrite. The hypocrite is somebody claiming that they know Jesus Christ and don't know him. And the sinner just says, I don't want him. Woo! He ain't claiming nothing, and he's trying to get to heaven off of his works. But nobody goes to heaven off of their works. It's by faith and faith alone in Christ. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And then Jesus says, before I come back, you will hear and you shall hear of wars and wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We've been hearing this ever since I was born. I know when I was born. I was born in 1944, and four years, uh, four years out, four, let me see, 44, in 1945, World War I ended. I mean, World War II ended. So I was born in war. And ever since I've been born, I've been here of wars and wars and rumors of wars. 
Everywhere in the world, somewhere in the world, there's a there's a country, there's a nation fighting against each other. I don't care who it is. And Jesus Christ said, before I come back, there's going to be wars and wars and rumors of wars. Let not your heart be troubled, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet, meaning that the end is surely to come pretty soon, amen, after you hear all these wars. We got World War One, World War Two. We got the Civil War. We got the Revolutionary War. We got the Punic Wars. We got the Jewish Wars. We got wars right now going on in the world. Look here, wars everywhere. There's over 40 wars going on on the face of the earth right now. 40 wars, I mean, in the Middle East, in a in, a, in our own country, in China, in Russia, in Pakistan, in India, in Africa, war, men are fighting, killing, murder, raping, doing everything. Why? Because Jesus said before I come back, there's going to be many rumors of wars all over the face of the earth. And he says this, and when you shall hear of wars and roars and rumors of wars, see that time you be troubled, for these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be what? Famines in the land. And there are famines all over the land. Food prices are going up. Milk is going up. All kinds of things. Groceries is going up. Folks are having problems now feeding their family because there's a food shortage going around the face of the earth. A lot of people, well, I don't see where the food shortage. Don't you worry. In the process of time, there's famines coming. And Jesus Christ said, pestilence are coming. And pestilence are coming because of diseases. Diseases are spreading around the world. Ooh, all kinds of diseases. What you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about what Jesus said. He said, before I come back, there are going to be many diseases that strikes the planet. And they're striking the planet right now. Day and night, people are dying from all kinds of bacteria. Woo! People are dying from smallpox. People are dying from, woo, tuberculosis. People are dying from syphilis. People are dying from HIV and AIDS. People are dying from influenza. People are dying from bubonic plague. People are dying from cholera. People are dying from Ebola. People are dying from yellow fever and typhoid fever, strep throat. People are dying from viruses and people are dying from pneumonia. People are dying from meningitis and measles. People are dying from malaria fever. People are dying from every corners of the earth. Why? Because we're living in the last days. And Jesus Christ said before I come back, there's a horse getting ready to ride. And this horse is called the the pale horse found in the book, book of Revelation. He said, I saw the fourth horse, and this horse was pale, and the death and hell followed it, represent diseases uh, that spreading around the world, heart attack, there's lung cancer, there's breast cancer. People are dying because uh, we're living in the end times, and it's only increased because man is living so wicked. Man is living so rebellious against God, and God is saying, I'm giving you time enough uh, to come on into the fold. But the world said, we don't want Jesus. Uh, we want Mohammed. 
We want religion. We want uh, uh, denominationalism. We want everything, but we don't want Jesus. Well, if you don't want Jesus, uh, let me tell you, hell going to be your home because they tell me you cannot escape hell unless you know Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Indian or Jew. The Bible says, except the man be born again, he cannot and will not enter the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. No man can get to the Father unless they come by me. you got to come by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in the top of the Mount of Olives, he said, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes all over the world. Every day, over over thousands and thousands of earthquakes, tremors are being shaken, islands and people, buildings are falling. And let me tell you, that ain't all. Tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, 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 you got uh, you got uh, uh, hurricanes just blowing down trees and blowing down houses and sucking trees up into the funnel and they tell me this is going to be on the increase. And when you see these things come, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because they tell me before Jesus Christ steps his foot on the top of the Mount of Olives when he come back, because he's coming back on the same mountain that he left. He said, but before I come back, I'm going to rapture the church because there's two phases of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first phase is called the rapture. The second phase is called the second coming. And the second coming cannot come until after what? After what? After the seven-year tribulation has been fulfilled. And we're getting ready for the seven-year tribulation now. We're almost at the point of the rapture. The rapture is so close that in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we that remain alive shall be caught to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, comfort one another with these words. In other words, the saints of God, the born-again believers, should be talking about the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture. He's going to rapture us in the air, in the air. I'm going to be airborne after a while. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines and pestilence and diseases. All these are the beginning of sorrow. What do you mean the beginning of sorrow? The seven-year tribulation. The first three and one-half years, the Antichrist will arise after the rapture of the church. When the Antichrist arrives, he's going to come on a peace platform. And he's going to be telling the people everything's going to be all right. He's going to be telling the Jewish nation that he's going to sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And Israel is going to accept this peace treaty because Israel today, the Jewish people, are planning to build a temple. And this temple will be the temple in which the Antichrist will sit in. But before, before he can sit in it, there's going to be a fake peace. And the Antichrist is going to arrive. And when he arrives, he's going to tell the Jewish people, I am no Messiah. And the Jews are going to accept it. And the Antichrist is going to say, I'm going to give you permission to rebuild the temple. The Jews are making preparations. 
They're fighting about the Temple Mount now. They're getting ready to get it under construction. And when you see this temple under construction, the rapture is right on time. When you see the Euphrates River dry up, the rapture is near. When you see wars and wars and rumors of wars, the rapture is near. When you see pestilence and famines and earthquakes, the rapture is near. The church is getting ready to move up into the heavenly host. In the book of Revelation, third chapter, the last church that's going to be raptured up, it is called the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea is the last church age. And this church age represents apostasy. And this apostasy represents fake people who claim themselves to be Christians are going to be left here on this earth. And in this church, you got a few that's living righteous in this year church called Laodicea. Laodicea is the apostate church. And the Bible describes this condition that this church is in. It's a naked church. Hmm? It's a poor church. Hmm? It's, 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 a, it's a church that has a form of godliness but don't have no power to live righteously, to live in love, to live in mercy. And this church is not looking for the return of Jesus Christ in the rapture. They're so busy with business work. They're so busy with their everyday chores. They say, we ain't got time to wait. We ain't got time to get saved. We ain't got time to believe in the rapture. So the Bishop Church is a what? A hypocritical apostate church that has a form of godliness, but they ain't got no power. Laodicea. Laodicea is the third chapter. The third chapter is the end of the church age. Not the end of the world, but the end of the church age. This church will go into the great tribulation, and it will join up with the world church that's found in the 17th chapter of Revelation. Let's see what that church looks like in the 17th chapter of Revelation. This is the Bible. This ain't Brother God. This is the B-I-B-L-E. This is the book of books. This is God's word. This is what God wants men, preachers, to preach today, but they're not preaching it. They're preaching uh, uh, motivation speeches. They're preaching a lot of mess. They're preaching money. They're preaching materialistic gain. They're preaching all kinds of false doctrines that's not even correlating with the word of God. And in what? In the 17th chapter, this is what the Laodicea church will end up at. Listen what it is going to end up at. And we're going to get back with the 24th chapter. But this is called the world church. In the book, it's called the great whore. Listen to what it said. And there came one of the seven angels, which had seven vows, veils, and talked with me, saying to me, come hither, come hither. I will show you the judgment of the great whore. The great whore. Now, that's awful. John said, the angel said, come and I will show you the great whore. Who sits up on many waters. The great whore refers to all religions of the world that ever have been, which are devised by men 
and substitute for Jesus Christ. They're putting these great religions, these so-called religions, in the place of Christ and him crucified. They're neglecting that. They reject that. They ball their fists up at that. That preaching that to them is foolish. But to those that are saved, it is the power of God. The crucifixion of Christ has to be preached in order for men to be saved. Woo! If the cross is not preached, men cannot get saved because it's through the cross that Jesus Christ brought salvation to those that believe on his name. It says, and to him crucified, God's way is Christ. And him crucified alone, as well, many waters are symbolic of multitude of people in the earth. The, the water represents the multitude of people who are going, trying to go to heaven under religion. And they are neglecting the blood of Christ. They're neglecting his birth. They're neglecting his miracles. They're neglecting his suffering. They're neglecting his death. They're neglecting his burial. They're neglecting what? His resurrection. And they're still neglecting him. But that's by the reason they're neglecting him, because they refuse to repent and turn from their wicked ways. So they're going to be caught up on riding with the great whore, the great false world's false religion. Every religion, you hear what I say now, listen. Every religion that ever was or ever was named is false. And it's false because they're leaving out the blood of Christ. And by the way, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You cannot know God until you acknowledge who Christ is. Who is Christ? God Almighty in the flesh. And if you want to know God, you've got to come to Jesus Christ. And when you come to know Jesus Christ, immediately, the minute you accept Jesus Christ, ooh, hallelujah, praise God. The minute you repent, the minute you turn from your wicked ways and you accept Jesus Christ in your life, you right, right away, you know God Almighty in the spirit because it's through the spirit that salvation comes by the blood. Oh, yes, indeed, by the blood, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. When Christ died, he paid the price for sin. In other words, Christ took the wrath of God. Christ took the wrath of God, and that wrath woo, was transmitted from us to, to Jesus Christ. And now men who reject Jesus Christ, if they die in their sins, they're going to have to pay for their own sins. And the only way they can pay for their own sins, they got to die and they got to go to hell because they refuse the sacrifice of Jesus Christ coming into their life. So the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look here, 17th chapter, that's the world church. That's the great whore. That's multitudes of people who are trying to get to heaven on religion, trying to get to heaven on good works, trying to get to heaven off the color of their skin, trying to get to heaven off of their money, trying to get to heaven off the how poor they are, trying to get to, uh, uh, trying to get to heaven off trying to pity themselves and say, God is not going to put me in hell. I'm so poor. I ain't, I ain't got nothing now, and I need, I need, I need, I need more money. I need... Did this? No, no. What you need is Jesus Christ. Whether you're rich or poor, you need Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. Whether you're black or white, you need Jesus Christ. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, you need Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ is the only one that died for your sin. There's no other man on this planet, on the other side of the planet, nobody on the other side of heaven or eternity that died on the cross like Jesus Christ. So you've got to come to him. Second chapter says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed what? Fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. Wow, look at what that's saying. You know what that's saying? It says the kings of the earth have committed fornication, sex acts, both spiritually and physically. The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. The great whore, all types of religions. From the very beginning, most nations have been ruled by types of religion. All religion devised by men. Listen, this is what it says. The part of Christianity that have been corrupted by label by the Lord as spiritual fornication. The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. Proclaims that the addiction of religion, the doing of religion, is the most powerful narcotic there is. People have been drugged by false teaching, false doctrines, false seances. People have been Worshiping idolatry. They've been worshiping demons and try to put Christianity in the month of it. But that's what you call spiritual fornication. You're fornicating with wicked spirit. You're fornicating with Baal and Dagon and all those false gods of ancient time. These same false gods are wicked demons and devils that have come over to, across over into 2023, all the way from B.C. to A.D., and they're still operating through False religion, and false religion will put you smack dab in hell. Let me tell you, brother, I'm not telling you no lie. Oh, yes, I know you go to church. You could maybe be a good church member. Or you, you may be a, a preacher. You may be this. You may be that. But I'm telling you right now, you may be good and all that. But if you haven't repented of your sin, you're going to bust hell wide open. You're going to die lost. You're going to die without having your sins were given a wash in the blood of the Lamb. And then let me tell you, the false religion is addicted. People are addicted to false religion. There are people that can kill, shoot, murder, rape. They can tell lies. They can do anything they want to, and they'll jump up and say, well, I know Jesus. No, you don't. You don't know nobody but the raw-headed, slew-foot Lucifer, the devil himself, because the devil can imitate Jesus Christ, and that's all he can do. Imitate him, and that's all, but he can't live holy. He can't live righteous. He can't live with the love of God in his heart. He can't sing. He, oh, my God. You say, no, he can't sing. If he sings, it may sound good, but it's not of God, because the only way that you can sing a right song, you got to be filled with the Spirit. Feel with the Spirit. Feel with the Spirit. You can't sing on your own and God is going to accept it because God said, ah, God said, God said in his word, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
If you're not in truth, if you're not worshiping God in truth, if you're not worshiping God in spirit, if you're not worshiping God in, 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 in the way that God intended to you to worship him, and that's in the spirit, guess what? You ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. You're just going through the formalities, and guess what? All your righteousness is as filthy rags, rags. I don't care. I don't care what the devil tell you. God is not going to accept nothing but the truth and nothing but his spirit. And his spirit is righteous. His spirit is holy. His spirit don't play. His spirit is right. His spirit is true. And if you ain't talking in truth, walking in truth, and living truthful, guess what? You don't have no spirit of God in you. You got the spirit of the devil imitating, imitator. Ain't nobody imitate a copycat. He's a low-down, dirty, rotten copycat because he copied off of God on everything that God had. The devil say, I got it. God got some true preachers. devil say, I got some too. He got some true choir singers. devil say, I got choir singers. He got, 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 I got some good gospel singers. devil say, I got some good gospel singers. They can sing. But are they singing in truth? Are they singing in righteousness? Are they singing in love? Are they singing for money? Are they singing for fame? Whoa! If you ain't singing for Jesus Christ, and you ain't singing when anointment, ooh, anointing of God in your life, you're not doing nothing because the devil, who used to be, listen to what I'm saying now, he used to be an anointed cherubim. He used to be a high angel in the portals of glory. He was the choir director of all the billions of angels that God got. He was in control and let them know we are to give praises to the almighty God. So he was a praise leader, and he had to play some music. He knows the music because he used to be a music box. He used to walk. And music would come out of him until he found out that he was beautiful and he rebelled against God. And since then, he's been been rebelling against God and man is taken to the side of Satan and man is rebelling against God. Pure religion. Pure religion. Right religion. Sanctified religion can only come through Jesus Christ. Religion Religion means an act of service and duty. A act of service and duty. A lot of people got, they know how to act Christian. They know how to serve Christian. They know all that. But pure, pure religion is undefiled before God, and that is to visit the widows and take care of the fathers and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. In other words, you don't partake, partake in nothing that's filthy in this world. Nothing. You don't take nothing, you don't take in all that old carnality out there and all that old lying and cheating and backbiting and self-pride and how good you look and money. You don't take no part in that. You're not in that. And there's a lot of so-called, I ain't going to say Christian, I'm saying so-called Christian that think they're going to get to heaven off of that rotten stuff that they're putting down. But let me tell you, if you ain't sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, set apart from sin, sinless, your soul is sinless, your spirit is sinless, but yet still you do have a, a problem with the flesh. And that is what? The flesh is no good. 
the flesh is nothing good. Paul said, uh, when I wanted to do good, I couldn't do good, and that I didn't have to perform to do good. Evil was always present to me. Then he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who was able to deliver me from this body of death. Woo! There's death in the flesh. Woo! And we are fighting against not flesh and blood, but we're fighting against the prince power of the air. We're fighting against the almighty God. We're fighting against the righteous one. We're fighting against the one that came from Edom with died garments on, dressed in the righteousness, and what? He brought salvation with his own arm. So he, listen what he said, third verse. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. A woman sit upon a scarlet beast full of names and blaspheming. And ten horns. The angel carried John away in a vision. Every religious effort that attempts to take the place of the cross is a spiritual, is in a spiritual wilderness. Every religion that tries to take the place of Christ is in a spiritual wilderness. The woman is organized religion uh, that we mean in religion or form of religion claiming to have a way of salvation or victory other than the cross. Other than the cross. Check your religion. If you are trying to say that you got true religion, Without the cross, without the cross, you ain't got no religion. Jesus Christ, who knew how to serve, he knew how to love, he knew how to have mercy, he knew all that. He knew that he came from God, and God was in him. He said, I can't do nothing without my Father. I am my Father one. He said, the works that I do is not I that does it, but the Father that's in me. Jesus Christ is, will be, ooh, God Almighty from eternity. He was God Almighty before he became flesh, and he was God Almighty when there's no other person standing but him. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish. So what I'm trying to tell you this evening, if you call yourself a Baptist, Presbyterian, or whatever religion you, you go under, or whatever denomination you go under, or whether you are in the secret society, or whether you're in uh, uh, Satan worshiper, or whatever you're in, you are going to be lost if you don't come by the cross. You've got to come by the cross. The cross or be lost. And to be lost means that you will have to pay. Listen, you're going to have to pay for your own sins. So you're going to have to suffer for your own sins. Because Christ suffered for your sins. He took the wrath of God for your sins. And it was nailed to the cross. And by being nailed to the cross, he dropped his head and died. 
and he was put in the grave. He went down into the bowels of hell, preached to those in prison, came up on the third day morning, and gave, told Satan, give me the key, death, you're in my control. Give me the key to hell. Because I'm going back on top side. When I go back on top side, I'm going to have power enough to save souls everywhere. Everywhere, not just on the corner. I can save souls all over the world, from Africa all the way down to South America, all the way across the United States, all the way across China and Russia, all the way across the Middle Middle East, all the way down into Australia. I'm going to be able to save souls and keep them forever because I'm going to build my church. I'm not going to just build it out of Baptist. I'm not going to just build it out of, of denominationism. I'm going to build it out of sinners that come to me and repent before me and turn from their wicked ways and let me come into their life. That's what Jesus said. Let me come into your life. He said, I'm standing at the door knocking, and I'm knocking, and I'm not knocking hard. I'm knocking real calm. I don't want to rush myself in. I want you to open up your spirit and let me walk in. When I walk in, I'm going to change your life, and you can become like me. And this is what you have to do before you can ever live with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're going to be in hell, lifting up your eyes, crying for mercy. And you're going to say, why am I here? And the devil and all his angels are going to say, you are here because you rejected the Son of God. That's what they're going to say. You rejected Jesus Christ. Well, well I was good. No, that ain't going to do it. Oh, we, 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 oh, we like good people, but what we don't like, we don't like people who accept Christ. Because when they accept Christ, that blood, that blood washes their soul free from sin, set them free, sanctify them, justify them, edify them. And when they do that, we cannot cross the bloodline. That blood will destroy us. That blood will eliminate us. We can't go no further. And so if you accept Jesus Christ, the devil can't touch your soul, can't touch your spirit. And so Satan said, if I can keep you away from the cross, I've got you forever. And let me tell you something. There is a hell, my friends. And I don't say that in I don't say that in hatred. I don't say that in resentment. I'm saying that as a warning. There is a hell. There is a place where the pretty people can go, ugly people can go, black people can go, white people can go, Chinese can go, Japanese can go, every nationality can go to hell because if they refuse Christ as the Lord and Savior, they're going to be lost forever, and there's only one way they can pay for the sin. they got to pay for themselves. Religion won't get you there. Religion can't get you there because your religion is like filthy rags. This woman that I'm talking about, it says this here. A woman set up on a scarlet beast. The woman organized religion by the means of any religion form or any religion claiming to have ways of salvation or victory other than the cross. The scarlet color indicates blood and pertains to the great persecution. And it got full of names of blasphemy. It refers to this woman opposing the plan of God in every capacity, 
having seven heads and ten horns. This pertains to the scarlet beast, not the woman. The seven heads represent the seven world empires. Huh? The seven world empires that persecuted Israel in the past with the last one yet future to come. That is the world order, the last beast to come. All world empires have persecuted the Jewish people. All world empires have persecuted and tried to annihilate the people of Israel. And guess what? It was Egypt first, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Median Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, and the last one will be the revived Roman Empire, which the modern-day terminology is one world order, new world order. And it's found on the back of the $1 bill already. It was put there in 1935 by President Roosevelt, the New World Order, was in place in 1935 on the dollar bill, and they got on the dollar bill, and God we trust, and that's not the God of heaven. No, that's the God of this world, because the God of this world will let people know, trust your money. Don't trust no God. Don't trust God. Trust your money. If you got a whole lot of money, you feel like you can do anything you want to. But let me tell you, the Bible says, the love of money, the love of money, not money alone, but the love of money is the root of all evil. If you want to start something evil, you can start it with money. And the love of money is going to cause a lot of people to end up in hell's fire. Why? Because the Bible says it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the need of an eye than it is for a rich man to get to heaven. So the Bible tells me that the love of money is the root of all evil, and people are going crazy over money now. Oh, my God, they're going for gold and silver, and they're trying to store up their money for the last day. They're trying to survive under the, 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 the power of money, but the money can't keep you. Money can't heal you. Money can't make you happy, really. It can't make you happy. No, the only joy that you could ever get is in Jesus Christ. The only peace you can ever get is in Jesus Christ. The only love you can get is in Jesus Christ. And nobody else, there is nobody else. I'm trying to tell you, listen to what i got to say. Listen to what the word is saying here. Look what the word is saying. It says this. It's got a full of names and blasphemy. Seven heads, which are the seven fallen world empires and ten horns. The ten horns represent the European common market, which is modern day now. Modern day now, NATO. NATO. NATO is on the prowl. NATO. NATO is what? The New World Order. And NATO now has ten European markets, two European countries, two European dynasties, European kingdom, and these European kingdom is known as the ten toes in Daniel, the ten horns in Daniel, the ten kings, the ten, the ten 
bows, the ten horns, the ten kings, and the ten crowns. The crowns represent authority. The horns represent power. The ten toes represent last days. In the last days, the ten kingdoms will be in power, and they're becoming more powerful and more powerful each day. Each day, they're getting more powerful, and now we call the European common market, and this market right now is getting ready to what? To bring forth the Antichrist. Ooh, listen to what I got to say. The word of God says, and this is what Daniel saw 2,600 years ago. He said in that last day, those last 10 toes, those 10 horns, those 10 crowns, he said in that last day, these crowns shall rise and they arose already. And Daniel said, after I saw what? After I saw the 10 horns, the 10 crowns, the 10 kings, I saw another little horn. I saw another little horn that had eyes and spoke great things against the Most High. Out of all the ten horns, he see the eleventh horn, and this eleventh horn was different from the other ten horns, and these ten horns was the ones that's going to come under the power of the eleventh horn. And the eleventh horn had eyes that spoke great things against who? The Most High spoke great things against Jesus Christ and spoke great things against God Almighty, both the same. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Ghost is all three in one. Ain't no three gods. Ain't no two gods. Jesus Christ said, I am my Father. I am my Father. I am my Father are one. Can you count? One. And since it's one, when Jesus Christ comes back, he's coming back as the son of God. He's coming back as the king of kings. He's coming back, what? Not as God Almighty, but he is God Almighty. He's coming back in the human form, but he have a new body then. He won't have no blood system. Won't have no blood system. He'd be a spiritual being, no heart. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to rapture and change this body into immortality. In other words, I won't have no blood vessels. I won't have no heart beating. I won't, I'll be a spirit. I'll be a spirit with a spiritual body. And that body will be able to come into the presence of Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. I cannot come before God in this body of flesh. This body of flesh stinks. This body of flesh is sinful. This body of flesh is nothing good in it. And so Jesus Christ, in order for me to stand before the, the, uh, uh, the judgment seat of Christ, I got to have my body. That's what? Immortality. I got to have a new body. And I can't get that new body until I receive Christ in my life. I've got to have the Holy Ghost in me in order to be transported from earth to glory. I've got to be born again. I've got to know Jesus Christ. If I do not know Jesus Christ, when the rapture of the church occur, I'm going to hear the trumpets, and the trumpets are going to sound, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the word of God, and I know Jesus Christ. I'm going to be changed. For those that don't know Jesus Christ will be left here. Got to say that again. 
those that don't know Jesus Christ will be left here on this earth. They will have to go through the tribulation and the great tribulation. There's three and one half years of the tribulation period, and then the last three and one half years is called the great tribulation. That's when the devil, the devil will take full control of the whole planet the last three and one half years. He would have control of it in the first three and one half years, but it will be on the peace platform, but he's going to turn for the worse in the second part of the three and one half years. When he becomes three and one half years, he becomes the beast. He becomes the dragon. He becomes the wicked one. He becomes the son of perdition. He becomes the enemy of every human being on the planet. And so now, when he comes on the peace platform, he will come riding a white horse with a bow in his hand, and he will go out to conquer the conquering. He will not be able to conquer the conquering until the last part of the three and one half years. But at the same time, this woman that's on this beast, she covers all the governments of the world. And it says, what is coming? The, the kingdoms of Egypt and Assyria and the Babylonians and the Medes and Persians and Rome. The ten horns represent the ten nations that will rise in the old Roman Empire territory, persecute Israel, and it is yet future. This is future. The ten nations make up the, make up the seven heads. The Roman Empire, which made up with six heads was the last of the empires that persecuted Israel before the destruction of Israel as a nation in 70 AD. When the ten-horned kingdom arises, which will, surely, it will persecute Israel. This here ten toes that I'm talking about, amen. And Daniel brings it into ten horns. The ten horns represent the ten European common markets. And you know something, you can find all this information, all this information that I'm reading from the Word of God, you can find it in the library, in the Exidia, in the Exidia Cyclopedia and the Botanica Encyclopedia. It's all in the Cyclopedia of the world governments that will come on the scene and that will be led up by the Illuminati and the Luciferians and the, 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 the false gods of Baal. All these religions will be led up to that point where this woman that's sitting on this car of a beast, now listen to what it says, and she was decked. She was decked out, boy. She's looking good. She had everything in place. And listen to what it said. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand that was full of abomination and filthiness of the earth. This woman is the Horace Church. This Horace Church belongs to Satan. These are unregenerated people who have never accepted Jesus Christ, and they will have to face and most likely join up Majority of the world would join up with this great whore, this woman on the Scarlet Bee, because she looked so good. She looked fine as wine. Ooh, sweet as honey. Ooh, yes. 
because people love sin. And if you love sin, it looks beautiful to you uh, before it gets a grab of you. And sin, people love sin. They love whoremongering. They love gambling. They love sex acts. They love homosexuality. They love lesbianism. They love group sex. They love adultery. They love fornication. They love sex day and night. They love to live in rich and high places. They love to spend money. They love to take vacation. They're just all wrapped up in all this stuff, and it's horish. It's horish. And God said, don't have no other God before me. And the world today is put everything before God. And when you put everything before God, there's a time coming when you're going to have to pay for everything you've done against God. Because if you're not for God, you're against him. But if you're for him, you're against Satan. And the world today is a whoring after Satan because Satan got peace. He got joy. He got joy of the world, not joy of God. He got joy. He got long, long, long good times. He got partying and drinking and all kinds of stuff that satisfied the flesh. But you're not satisfied in God because the flesh is imminent against God. And the Bible says the man if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not him, for the world is full of sin and dross. You got a golden cup in the hand, full of abomination and fornication. Listen to what it says. All that pertains to Israel, but with the carry over to the church age. The purple represents dominion and religion over nations, with the scarlet color represent the persecution of Israel. These religions have always been very rich. A case in a point is Islam, which controls some 60% of the oil reserves of the world. You hear what I'm saying? Rich of the world. Having a golden cup in their hand, all these religions have an ultimate symbolized by the cup being golden. Proclaim that this cup holds despite its outward attraction. It looks good on the outside, but on the inside is degradation. On the inside is full of abomination. And what is abomination? Abomination is some old odd sin. Devastating sin that God hates, and God hates sin. He hates it because it's of the devil. And if God hates sin, and you got sin in you, he don't hate you. He hates the sin that's in you. He wants to remove that sin. He wants to get rid of that sin. He wants to. He wants to ultimate. Delete that sin. He wants to wash you white in the snow. He wants you to come to him so that he can save you from that sin so you won't have to go to hell because God is not going to put you in hell without what? Saving you first. But you put yourself in hell by rejecting the greatest gift that man can ever receive from God. The greatest gift. There's no gift greater 
then the burial, the death, the suffering, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, through his son, God himself, did it all by himself, made a provision that a substitute, and the substitute was him. And he was saying, give me your sins. I'll cleanse you and make you holy. I'll fill you with my love. I give you and seal you with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And when the trumpets of God blow in the sky, the dead in Christ will rise and you will rise up with it. Why? Because you got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Spirit. You've been washed in the blood. You've been redeemed. You've been, woo, you've been fixed up. But if you reject it, you will be here during the tribulation period. The fifth verse, Revelation, the fifth verse, Revelation 17, and up on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth. What is the mystery of Babylon? The mystery of Babylon started back in the 11th chapter of Genesis. <clears throat> Mr. Babylon is world religion that was established in Babylon. And all those world, world religions that started in Babylon rolled on down across B.C., come on over here to A.D. until 2023, and these religions are still a mystery to mankind because all these different kinds of religions that you're hearing about, they come from Babylon, Babylon under a new disguise. They come under a new name, Jehovah Witness, Islam, all these religions, all these. You got atheism, you got communism, you got Buddhism, you got Shintoism, you got <clears throat> Mormonism, all these religions are mystery of Babylon because these religions will join together and ride with the woman of harlots uh, in the book of Revelation. And when she started riding, she's going to look good, sweet, and tantalizing. She's going to have dressed to kill because, let me tell you, sin will kill you. Sin will deter you. Sin will mess you up. And Jesus Christ said, I'm not going to save half of you. I'm not going to save a little bit of you. I'm going to save all of you. He said, because you'll save to the uttermost. And uttermost means both, both the soul and the spirit will be delivered from the presence of sin. And when sin is removed, you can say, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. I'm not no more walking in the wilderness. I'm not walking in the wilderness no more. And the world today is in the wilderness, and they're trying to come out the wilderness by serving false religions. And this is what it says, mystery, mystery. To the world, the devil is a mystery. He's a trickster. He's a liar. He's a backbiter. He's a double-tongued serpent. He has no respect. He has no respect who you are. But one day, he disrespects God. But that's all right. There's one day, every knee is going to bow. The devil and all his demons are going to shake when Jesus Christ comes from the clouds. When Jesus Christ tells the, tells the whole world, tells the demon world, tells the underworld, tells the world of Tartus, and tells the world of Hades, and tells the world of, of paradise, because we know paradise now is not in the bowels of the earth. 
paradise now is in the presence of God. Woo! And no longer the devil has power over the saints of God in the Old Testament. And when a saint dies now, they go directly in the presence of God Almighty. For before he died, amen, all the saints, Old Testament saints, will go into the bowels of the earth to a place called paradise. But it's been transferred from paradise in the earth to paradise in heaven where Jesus Christ lives, where Jesus Christ will rule and reign, where Jesus Christ will meet all the ones that have accepted him as their personal Savior. Listen to what it says here. Ooh, look, abomination. Wickedness is abomination. Proud look is abomination. All these sins that I can name is abomination to God. Rebellion is abomination. Blaspheming is abomination to God. And God said, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate sin so much that I'm going to do something. You know what I'm going to do? But he said, I hate sin so much, but I love you more than that. So what I'm going to do, instead of just putting you in hell and letting you go, I'm going to come down and die for your sins. I'm going to take your place on the cross. I'm going to take each and every individual human being and nail your sins to the cross. And I'm going to come back from the grave, and I'm going to be able to save every soul that comes to me. But those that get caught up on this year whore, this great whore, this great religious system that's being set up in the Pope and in Rome. That's where it's coming because Roman Catholic comes from Rome. Rome was not found on biblical principles. It was not found on biblical principles. Rome, none of the kingdoms of this world was found on biblical principles. The only, only nation, only nation, Good God Almighty, that had the basic foundation of what God requires were the children of Israel. And God said, if you don't obey me and you go or go, go whoring after other gods, you're going to pay for it. And the Jews have paid for it because they went after other gods. But at the end time, Jesus Christ said, before I come back, I'm going to bring my people back into the land. And when I bring them back in the land, I'm going to deal with them because a remnant of Israel shall be saved. And then Israel is in the nation of Israel for 75 years. They've been in the land. And Jesus Christ said one of the greatest prophetic prophetic utterance is when the Jews come back in the land, I'm getting ready to come back to the earth. Listen to what I'm saying. The Jews are in the land. They've been in the land for 75 years. They was excluded from the land from 606 B.C. until 1948. That's 2,600 years. They were scattered around the world until Ezekiel started talking. The 37th chapter, God said, these circle, I'm going to take you over to the valley of the dry bone, and I want to ask you a question. Can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, if it's no will, these bones can live. Well, what are the bones? The bones is of Israel scattered from 606 B.C. to 1948. And in 1948, the Jews start coming back to Israel after World War II. 1945, they were set free. 1948, they was they, they became a nation, and 
And when they became a nation, they came back to the land of Israel. And ever since then, they were doing what? They were doing what God requires them to do, restore the land. And the Jews have been working to restore Jerusalem. And they're doing it. Glory be to God. And they're getting ready to do something that's just going to shake the world. That temple and the red heifer. They're getting the priests ready. They're getting the menorah ready. They're getting the, 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 the holy site in which they're going to take the Ark of the Covenant and put it inside the temple, and they're going to start try starting the old Judeo system back. And it ain't going to work because Jesus Christ already done died, suffered, and came back from the grave for 2,000 years, and we'll celebrate this Easter Sunday right now. He has risen from the dead 2,000 years ago. And the Jews are behind time. But God said, all right, I'll give you, I'm going to give the Jews seven years to get it right. And they're getting it right now. They're getting it right, but in a wrong way. The wrong intention is to continue the sacrifice, sacrifices of animals. And Jesus Christ died for that. So no more animals. Never, 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 never will an animal be sacrificed in the presence of God no more. Christ made that one sacrifice, and that was himself. And now the Jews are planning to try to restore Judaism, and it won't work. But when the Antichrist comes, he's going to say, Go ahead, and the Jews are going to accept him as being Jesus Christ instead of of Christ himself. And so what's going to happen? He's going to come and make a peace treaty with the Jews, a covenant, a seven-year covenant, saying that he will protect them for seven years, and he's going to protect Israel for three and one half years, because in the middle of the three and one half years, the Antichrist is going to turn, and he's going to turn from the worst. And this woman, this church, this great whore, is going to be led by Lucifer. Lucifer would be the head of this world church. That leaven horn, listen to what I'm saying. Look her here, look her here. That one horn that Daniel saw, he said this 11th horn represents the 11th country that will come up after the 10 European common markets come. He will come up and have eyes and speak great things against the Most High. When he come up, he is going to take control of the 10 European common markets, the 10 toes. And the, the, the question is, who and what country was the 11th horn? My, 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 my. What country was the 11th horn? The 11th horn came into power in 1986. 1986. The 11th horn. Now get a hold of this. Hold on. Put your seatbelt on. The 11th horn 
had eyes and spoke great things of the Most High, which represent the Antichrist, what country will the Antichrist come from? He will come from the level of the country. Because that is the country that the horns was amongst the other ten countries. What is the country? The country is Spain. Spain is the eleventh country. Well, who is Spain? Spain is the eleventh horn, and Spain is the one in which the Antichrist will come, and the Antichrist is alive today. He was born January the 30th, 1968. He was born. So if he was born in 1968, that would make him 55 years old today. How did he get the throne? His father, which was Juan Carlos, and Carlos came to power in 1975. He became a king of Spain. In 1975, he had to bring Spain from a dictatorship-type government into a democracy country. And it took 10 years. When the 10 years was up, that was 1986. In 1986, he was a king from 1975. Listen to this now. He was king of Spain from 1975. From 1975 to 2014, he was the king. He got old. He had a whole lot of discrepancies, and Spain wanted a new king. The only man that had the right to take the throne after Juan Carlos Lee was, guess who? It was Juan Carlos' son. His name? King Philippi. King Philippi is the Antichrist. Check the YouTube. Check him out. Check him out. If you don't do nothing else this evening, check him out for yourself. He is the Antichrist. He's been he's been behind the scenes from 1968 until 2014 when he became the King of Spain. His qualifications are outstanding, but all the outstanding qualifications, he belongs to the dark side. Oh, listen to what I'm saying. He belongs to what? At least 15 different kinds of secret societies. He belongs to the Luciferians. He belongs to the Illuminatis. He worships what? He worships idols. But yet still, he looks like a very handsome man standing at six foot six. He has four four military ranks, Navy, Air Force, Army, Marines. He can fly a plane. He knows 10 different languages. And he is outstanding king. He is married. He has two daughters and no sons. This is the last one. This is the last time Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. The Antichrist will come before Christ comes. 
The Antichrist will come after the rapture of the church. Jesus Christ will come after the seven-year tribulation is over. And who is he coming back with? He's coming back with the church because the church is going to be raptured up. He's going to be raptured up, and then the Antichrist is going to come, and then Jesus Christ is going to come at the end of the tribulation period. I hope you can understand that, what I'm saying. We are at the last hour. We at the last minute, the last second. Jesus Christ cannot come until three more feast days will be fulfilled. Jesus Christ cannot come until these three feasts, last feast, be fulfilled. Four have been fulfilled already. Four. Passover, the crucifixion, unleavened bread, unleavened bread, the burial of Jesus Christ, the feast of first fruit, the resurrection, the feast of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. Those four have been fulfilled. Check your Bible. Check Leviticus 23. And 23 will tell you there are seven feast days. Four of them have been fulfilled. And when that was fulfilled, that was the day of Pentecost. That's when the church age came in. That's when the church was conceived. And for 2,000 years, we have had 2,000 Passovers, 2,000 unleavened bread, 2,000, woo, 2,000 first fruit, 2,000 Pentecostals. And what I mean is for 2,000 years, just been going on. And it, it was not reestablished. The feast days wasn't reestablished until 1948. And they picked that up. And that Jews know, Jews know, Jews know there is three more to be fulfilled. Three more. And they have not been fulfilled because God is a time-keeping God. He's on time. He does things in order. And the next three, next three feasts, good God Almighty, the next three feast days is yet to be fulfilled, and it's coming up on us so swiftly that I can't even bear to even let you know ooh, how close we are. The next feast day are the feast days of the Lord or the feasts of Israel, is the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets represent the rapture, which will happen in September. The trumps will sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And God has already given me a sign. I don't know if anybody knows anything about it. They don't even take heed what's going on. Out of all the 2,000 years, in these last eight years, there's a man that came on the scene, and his name was Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Out of all the 2,000 years, the name Donald Trump comes up, and he becomes the president. And when he becomes the president, after he resigned, they try to kick him out, take him down to court. They still trying to take him out. 
but God has given me a sign, and I take heed what God gives me. He said, this is the last Trump. Ain't nobody after Trump. Ain't nobody to run after Trump. This is the last Trump. And the Bible says, and the last trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we that remain alive shall be called to meet the Lord of the air. And this last trump blowing will happen in September when the Jews blow their trumpets and their sofars. They will blow it at a certain time, and they will blow it, blow it, blow it, until something happens because this is the last days. We are at the peak of the last days. That's the fifth feast day, and the world is scared of trumpets because a trumpet means battle. A trumpet means a day of awe. A trumpet means a day of repentance. A trumpet means a day of turning. A trumpet means a day prepare yourself because when Jesus Christ descends from heaven with the shout, with the voice of archangels and the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise. Hey, look at this year coming up. Woo! Prophecy has been fulfilled. The Euphrates has been fulfilled. World War III has been fulfilled. World War III is found in the book of what? Ezekiel. Ezekiel says in the 38th and 39th chapter, there's going to be a World War III. And who is going to be the cause of it? It's going to be Russia. It's going to be Putin. Putin running out of time. Putin running out of fuel. Putin running out of patience with the people. Putin got to do something pretty soon. And what is he going to do? He's going to make an attempt with five other nations because his army has been swallowed up by the Ukraine. And he's going to try to make an attempt to come down on the holy mountains of God and what? And try to capture Jerusalem and make it the focal point of controlling the world. But it's not going to work because the Lord said, if you touch my Jewish people, you touch the apple of mine eye. And if you would read the 38th and 39th chapter, it would tell you exactly what's going to happen. He's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen to Russia. Because Russia is linking up with Turkey, linking up with the Ethiopians, linking up with Libya, linking up with Gomer, linking up with Persia, and they are going to unite all their armies together and come from the northern parts to make an attack upon the Jewish people. And when you mess with God's people, I'm talking about God's people. I'm talking about the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm talking about the 12 tribe of Israel. I'm talking about Jerusalem. Whenever you mess with Jerusalem and God's people, and God didn't give you permission to mess with them, he said you're messing with the apple of mine eye. And Putin is going to make an attack up on Israel and come from the northern part. And let me tell you something. If those that's listening to me out there, if you would take your Bible and open up the 38th and 39th chapter, because it's too much for me to read over the air, if you would take that home and read it, it would tell you exactly what's going to happen to Russia. They're going to be literally destroyed by God Almighty. God is going to eliminate Russia's army and all the armies that what? All the armies that follow Putin. Putin is planning to capture Jerusalem. 
but read it for yourself in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel breaks it down to let you know God got the victory. The Euphrates River is dried up, preparing for the battle for the battle of Armageddon. And they say within the next seven years, it will be bone dry. Bone dry. And if it's bone dry, we got to be at the end of the tribulation period in which, hey, the armies of the world will cross the Euphrates River on dry bed and prepare the whole world for the battle of Armageddon. General W. MacArthur made a statement in 1945, August the 6th, on the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. He stood up and told the nation. He said, look a here, look a here. He said, if we don't find a more equitable way to settle our difference, to settle our, our business, Instead of fighting, if we don't find a way, this is what General MacArthur said, and he comes from the Bible. He said, Armageddon, Armageddon lies at our front door. China want to capture Taiwan. They want Taiwan. China wants America. Russia wants America, and America is sitting on dangerous ground because she won't repent. America is living off of the grace of God right now. The whole world is living off the grace of God right now. And I thank God for his grace. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his love. Why? Because he don't want to see nobody perish, but all men to come to repentance. And the world is saying, shove it, shove it, almighty. Take that somewhere else. Take that down there by the garbage dump because I don't want it. I don't want no Jesus. I don't want to be saved. I got my own thing going on. I don't want to be interrupted. And you know what God will do? God will back off of you. He won't bother you. If you don't want to be bothered by God, God, okay. He's got good sense. He's all wise. He's all knowing. He's perfect. Never made a mistake. Ain't nobody going to accidentally come into heaven. Ain't nobody accidentally going to sneak into heaven. Uh-uh. No. You, you, you got the wrong idea. Ain't no sneaking. Ain't no peeking. He said, if you don't come by the cross, you ain't getting in at all. In other words, you won't even see no pearly gates. You won't see nothing but a glimpse of the glory of Jesus Christ coming back on the white horse. That's the only glimpse you're going to get. Because the Bible says every eye shall see him. And those that don't know him are going to get a glimpse of one second. And they're going to be terrified, ostracized, petrified. When they actually see Jesus Christ open up the heavens and descend from heaven with the church at the end of the tribulation period. And by him, what? By him, 
by him, the whole world will witness the second coming of Jesus Christ. But at the meantime, going back to the beginning of the tribulation period, after the rapture of the church occur, there won't be one saved person on this planet, not one. And God said, now the church age is over, the church is done with his mission, and uh, uh, since he's done that, i got to have somebody, i got to have somebody to preach for the next seven years. i got to have some prophets. i got to have some evangelists. i got to have somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost. i got to have somebody that's called by God Almighty. And John the Revelator got the answer. John the Revelator, after the seventh chapter cup comes up, he said, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. And when I saw those four corners of the earth, they were getting ready to bring calamity upon the earth. And one of the angels said, don't do nothing yet until I seal 144,000. What? Jews are going to preach. From the time that the church is raptured up, God is going to call 144,000 evangelists. And these evangelists are found in the seventh chapter of Revelation. Let's read it. It says this. It says this. After I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 children of Israel, 12,000 from each tribe are the first fruit of Israel, which are included in the first resurrection. And all of Israel coming to Christ at the second coming. It says this, out of all these tribes, 12,000 from each tribe with 12 tribes, at the beginning of the tribulation period, it said out of the tribe of Judah, there was 12,000. Out of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Nephilim, 12,000. Out of the tribe of of Manasseh, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. Out of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. And these tribes will participate. They will participate in the last evangelistic mission of the world, of the whole world. The whole world will visualize and see 144,000 Jews preach out of Jerusalem and around the world, around the world, they will preach the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of grace. Grace is almost over. But God is going to do what during the tribulation period? He's going to mix grace with mercy. Grace with mercy. He's going to bring judgment, then he'll offer mercy. He's going to bring judgment, going to offer mercy. And those that accept his mercy can be saved because when they hear the 144,000 that Jesus Christ is coming back and that there is Messiah, the world is going to be awakened with one of the greatest worldwide universal revivals that ever hit this planet for 6,000 years. And they're going to preach for 1,260 days, 42 months, 1,000 uh, 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 times and times and dividing time. 
and it's going to turn the world upside down because John looked and see after the 144,000 get to preaching, he said, I see a number. I see a number. No man can number. Many is the sands of the sea. And he asked a question because the church has been already excommunicated. So here come 144,000 preaching Christ is their Messiah and that he's coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. It's going to turn the world upside down and many people will be saved during the first part of the tribulation and some will be saved in the second part of the tribulation. But majority of them will be saved in the first part of the tribulation period. And John asked him, and one of the elders asked him, who are these and whence did they come? He said, don't you know who they come? He said, no. He said, these are they that came through great trials and tribulations. These are the tribulation saints. These are the tribulation saints that God saved, good God Almighty, after the rapture of the church, after the body of Christ is removed, after Christ comes to get his body. It will be dynamite. It will be televised. It will be on TikTok. It will be on YouTube. It won't be on Twitter. It will be on NBC, ABC, CNN. It will be on ABC. All the news media will cover this, and they will be marveled at the hand of God Almighty. They will be so marveled that John is rejoicing. John is saying, whoa, this is what God promised the Jews, that we would reestablish them, and they will be the last messengers of the world that will hear the gospel of the king. Think about that. We're living in that time now. Last day. It's almost over. The church door, as far as church age, is almost over. Israel and the church cannot be on this earth at the same time preaching a different message. What's the different message? The, the gospel of grace is different from the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of grace is salvation through Christ. The gospel of the kingdom is saying, get prepared for the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. Woo! So when Jesus Christ raptures the church, the mission of the church is over. The mission of the church is over, and the church will be at the judgment seat of Christ for their rewards, for the rewards for the works that they have done here in preaching the gospel. You hear what I say? Preaching the gospel. If you say... You should be trying to get somebody else saved. If you're saved, you should be walking upright. You should be saved and sanctified. If you say you should be looking for the return of Jesus Christ. If you say you, you've got to have the love of God in you before you can get to heaven. You can't be liking nobody. you got to love everybody. Love. Love. God is love. And whoever loves it, God loves him. Whoever loves God loves his brother. If a man say he loves God and hate his brother, 
He's a liar. And the truth is not in him. We are looking for what? We are looking for the return of Christ. We are looking for the rapture. And the Bible say, occupy, occupy, occupy till I come. Don't sit around with your thumb in your ear or your thumb up your nose. Come on, tell somebody. Fail not to simmer yourselves together. Go down in prayer. Go out there on the street. Tell somebody, Jesus Christ is coming back. Ain't no, it ain't no joke. It ain't no cartoon. It's fact. If Jesus said he was coming back, you better believe that he's coming back. In the Old Testament, he promised that he was going to come and die on the cross. I'm going to ask you a question. Did he? I can tell you right now, 110% plus, he did it. He did exactly what he said. And he said, after he left earth on top of the Mount of Olives, he said, now I'm coming back to get the church, and I'm coming back to get Israel. And that's what he's getting ready to do. And God said, now after Israel get through with their message, after Israel get through with their message, God said, I'm going to send two witnesses. I'm going to send two witnesses to make the last call, the last call, the last call, the last call, the last three and one half years. I'm going to send some dynamite. I'm going to send two great prophets from the Old Testament realm. And the two greatest Old Testament men, prophets that was in the Old Testament, because all of them were great. All, all the prophets was great. But these two are going to come back and make their last witnesses. And that is Moses and Elijah. Moses is coming with plagues. Elijah is coming with fire and famine. Moses is going to bring plagues up on the earth. And Elijah is going to bring famine and drought. He's going to prophesy to the Lord God Almighty that it will not rain for three and one and a half years. He's going to do it like he did in the Old Testament. Moses is going to do it like he did it to Pharaoh. God is going to repeat judgment upon this present evil generation and the kingdom of the great whore and the Antichrist and the false prophets and all of them. He's going to bring judgment with fire, famine, and drought. The weather that you see now is going to go haywire. Haywire. God loves the world and the population of the world, but he is tired. His patience is long-suffering, but his patience is running out because he don't gave man opportunities. To come to him, and men, women, boys and girls, drunkards, liars, cheats, or mongers, homosexuals won't come to him. They won't bow down and repent. They they have sinned against a holy, holy God. 
No sin will ever abode with God. Never. Only thing that can cleanse you from sin is the blood of Christ. You need Jesus. This is Easter evening. This is Resurrection Day. Don't go to bed tonight without accepting Jesus Christ. Don't go to bed the next few minutes. Don't reject salvation through Christ. He is the answer. I'll lay my soul, my body, my mind, and I guarantee you, if you try him, you'll never want nobody else. I've been preaching this gospel for 57 years. Same gospel. Ain't changed one bit since I was 21 years old. Been preaching the return of Christ, salvation of Christ, the the love of Christ, the patience of Christ. I've been preaching it. And I thank God that I can preach it the way it says in the Bible. I don't preach prosperity. I'm already prospering. I'm prospering because my soul has been delivered from hell's fire. I'm prospering because my soul is set free. I'm prospering because I love God's people. I love the sinner, but I don't love what he do. I love the liar, but I don't love what he do. And I want to let everybody know out there, don't go to hell for your own sin. Don't go. Give them to Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you, you'll shout from here eternity. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's on, on, on a golden plate. But let me tell you something. It will, it will, will be worth it all when I see Jesus. It will be worth more than anything in the whole orbit universe to see Jesus. Jesus Christ is the answer. The drug addict, the liar, the cheat, he's the answer. He can set you free. I'm not a singer, but I'm going to close with this song. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? I said, oh, it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Was you there when they crucified my Lord? Was you there? Listen, when they nailed him to the cross. Was you there when they nailed him to the cross? I said, Oh, it causes me. You tremble, tremble, tremble. Was you there when they nailed him?
to the cross. Was you there when he bowed his head and died? Was you there when he bowed his head and died? I said, oh, yeah, it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Was you there when he bowed his head and died? Was you there? When they laid him in the grave, was you there when they laid him in the grave? I said, oh, yeah, it caused me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Was you there when they laid him? In the grave. Listen, was you there when he arose from the dead? Was you there when he arose from the dead? I said, Oh, yeah, it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Was you there? When he arose from the dead. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Somebody out there needs to confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the Bible said, thou shalt be saved. Saved from your sins. And when the trumpet blow, you'll be caught in the clouds. We thank you for your listening this evening. See me Wednesday night. I'll be back. We'll be talking about some more. I'm not going to stop now. Too late in the evening. Whatever you do, do the right thing. And the right thing is for you to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Leave this last word. Whatever you do, don't go to hell. Please miss it. Go to the cross. Jesus is the key. He's the answer. God bless you. This is Elder G. Bazaar, Watchman on the Wall. Love you all out there. See you on the next round.